Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, December 15th. If someone ridicules you, laugh with him if you can. But if his ridicule is mere buffoonery, quietly look away and say nothing. And if he mocks your principles, answer him as he deserves. Mockery comes easily to the ignorant. Has someone slighted you? Thank him. Has someone hurt your feelings? Thank him. Every blow to your ego can boost your soul awareness. On the other hand, if someone tries to destroy your work, protect it. But be thankful for the reminder that everything is maya, delusion. True fulfillment will be yours only when you've escaped Satan's clutches forever. In the Swamiji, I, I, I don't think of Swamiji as a combative person. Uh, you know, in all the years that I lived with him. But at the same time, there was always a, a sort of rock-solid determination in him so that it seldom rose to the level where he had to actually speak something, you know, even firm or stern to people. But when it was required, he never hesitated. He did not have any... Um, he didn't have any need for people to like him. And he didn't have any need to just go along with things because somebody wanted him to go along with it. Swami had a a simple guiding rule in his life, which is that he understood the principles on on which he had based his life. His devotion to Master as a disciple was the very first thing. After that, he did his best. He wasn't looking either for... he He wasn't upset by criticism, and he wasn't looking for praise. His his meaning and purpose and security in life was all internal. But because of that, he also saw no reason to um, just let people run roughshod over him. Now, let me phrase it differently. This is exactly how he puts it here. If someone is just being inappropriate, because it's their nature to be inappropriate, they insult you, they say unkind things to you, they hurt your feelings. All of this happens. Swami's basic attitude, what, what does that have to do with me? You know, if you don't have the sensitivity to behave in a more refined or intelligent manner, I don't have to react to that. That's actually your issue. I mentioned in these talks earlier, a friend of mine had, had used the phrase several times that such and so a friend of his, he'd felt betrayed by that friend. And it was hard for me to actually figure out, knowing the circumstances, like what could have constituted a betrayal and what it turned out to be. And, and it, the word was not inaccurate, but I want to refine the meaning. He had, my friend had depended on a certain friendship, and then that friendship did not come through in the way that my friend needed. And the phrase he used was he felt betrayed. I said, well, your expectations were betrayed, that's a fact. But the actual betrayal was the person betrayed himself. He, he himself had certain ideals and he failed to live up to him. 
It wasn't like he was trying, trying to disappoint you. It was just his judgment was off and he behaved badly. There's no reason for you to feel that has anything to do with you. I, I, I put it this way sometimes when um, somebody, well, like this, somebody actually does something that's very hurtful to me or to you. I say, so-and-so participated in my karma, but they didn't cause it. It wouldn't have happened to me if it wasn't for my good and God just found somebody who was capable of treating me that way. But it wasn't his action that caused my pain. It was my delusion that caused my pain. And he participated in it because he provided the action that would hurt me. But the way Swami puts it here is, and this is how Swamiji lived his own life very definitely, I'm not here to defend my ego, he said. I'm here to overcome it. He said, so if somebody, you know, hurts my feelings, I'm not going to say, well, why, you know, why do you treat me like that? I don't deserve to be treated that way. Now, again, I'm talking about Swami Kriyananda. I'm not necessarily talking about everyone, and I'll go to that in a moment. But Swami just said, somebody treats you badly, thank you. Thank them. It just gives you an opportunity to just repudiate your dependence on this world for your happiness, your dependence on other people to make you feel worthy. <clears throat> now, the caveat I'm going to put in here, because Swami's always talking about the top of the mountain, is what is appropriate for each person depends on what their next step is. So Swamiji's capacity when somebody treated him badly, if there was nothing at stake except their opinion, and that's the point that he makes, if there's nothing at stake except your opinion of me, then I don't have to fight you. What difference does it make? He said, if people ridicule you, if it's something that you can laugh at yourself, genuinely do so. But if, it's, if they're mockery, m making a mockery of principles that are dear to you, it may be necessary for you to stand up for the truth. If someone ever spoke ill, for example, of Swamiji's guru, he would never stand silent for that. He talked about a, a particular time when um, the Self-Realization Fellowship, at that time he was a, one of the main teachers for them, and they had arranged for this Indian, this very well-known Indian um, religious figure, the Shankaracharya, uh, a Shankaracharya from India, and they were giving, it was giving a public lecture. And they were, it was at the public lecture, Swamiji was sitting in the audience, and the general, there was a lot of people of the general public there. Right behind him, these women were talking, and they were saying, I don't know why such a fine man as this, the Indian man giving the talk, would associate himself with a two-bit organization like Self-Realization Fellowship. You know, I don't know how he ever got involved with them, and just spoke very badly about him about it. Master had already passed, but they spoke badly about the whole organization and presumably Master as well. And they, they didn't realize that they were almost entirely surrounded by a sort of monastics. And Swamiji didn't say anything at the moment because the lecture was about to start, but he waited in the lobby until that, that woman came out. And he said, I, you know, I heard what you said and I, I really think that you need to have the record set straight. And then Swami proceeded to explain to her all the ways in which she said what she said was wrong, and he was and why SRF and Master were extremely noble and laudable organization. Swamiji said the amazing thing to him is not one other person from SRF did that. He said they all just let it pass. 
Now, it depends on what your karma is, but when true principles are at stake, harmony is not necessarily the first value. Most of the time, the first value is to stand up for your principles. How fiercely you fight, what you say, how you present yourself, that's really up to you. I was in a circumstances where friends of mine, who are good friends, were yet being snide about things that I really did not think they should be snide about. And finally, it was in my own living room. I just stood up and said, I don't know what you say when you're alone, but as long as you are in my house under my roof, I will not have you speak like that. And they were silent. You know, they could say whatever they wanted outside my hearing, but not in my house. I absolutely would not have it. And they were good friends, but they had crossed the line and I wasn't going to put up with it. Now, sometimes we even have to speak up for ourselves. We have to speak up for ourselves because the principle involved in that case is that it's not appropriate to talk to me that way. I have more self-respect and I need to stand up for my self-respect. Swamiji's sense of confidence in himself was so deeply rooted in qualities and understandings that totally transcended anybody's words or anybody's opinion that it was completely superfluous for him to bother. It just wasn't worth it. The people were too ignorant to learn. He couldn't help them by speaking to them. He had nothing. He just said, you know, what comes of itself, let it come. But the principle of not allowing yourself to be demeaned either can also be a very powerful principle that is necessary to stand up for. So we always have to ask ourselves, not what does the behavior look like, but what, what state of consciousness am I in? What state of consciousness am I affirming? What wrong principle am I getting allowed to act out, such as, oh, I'm not worth it, it doesn't matter. Swami had no sense of he wasn't worth it. He knew perfectly well that his, he was a disciple of a great master. And that was all that mattered. What did it matter what the chickens on, in the field were saying about him? It just couldn't be. However, don't take ourselves too seriously. And this is what Swami says. If someone ridicules, laugh with him if you can. If somebody makes fun of you, just let them make fun of you. Many times in my life, I mean, I have peculiar habits because I'm a yogi. I remember I was at a friend's house. Let's see, let me think how this went. At Ananda Village, they had, we had all just discovered something called near beer, which was a non-alcoholic form of beer. At that time, it was a, a new thing. Swami Kriyananda, for a while, they stocked it in our community market at Ananda Village, but Swami called it too near beer and strongly suggested that we not really carry it in our place. But it was, you know, it was good. I, I never drank alcohol of any kind, so it was not really a big deal to me, but I would have it sometime, and it was kind of tasty, and I liked it. I was uh, visiting relatives, relatives that I rarely visited. And you know, we were just living in the house there for a few days together, and I went in the refrigerator, and I saw a bottle, and I took it out, and I opened it up, and I was drinking it, and it was really delicious. And I kept sort of remarking, my, this is very good. And after I drank about a third of the bottle, I looked at it, and of course, it wasn't near beer, it was beer. <laughs> because these were not Ananda people. This was just perfectly natural to them. It had never, never crossed my mind that any house I would be staying in would have an actual beer in the refrigerator. Yes, I understand. That makes me really right way on the edge 
of normal society. But it was just a huge event for me. That I mean, and I didn't make a deal about it. Nobody will die because I drank a third of a bottle of alcoholic beer. It's just like, what difference did it make? But it's just like, yeah, a lot of things as, as a, a deeply committed yogi are just really odd. When I discovered this sort of fake bacon that somebody made, I shared it with a friend of mine, with my sister actually, who wasn't a vegetarian at the time. Oh, you'll like this, I said. It tastes so much like bacon. And she tasted it and all she said was, Asha, it's been a long time since you've eaten bacon. That's all she could say. So yeah, there's lots of things, but they're just funny. What principle is involved? There's no principle involved, you see. Or we just have weird little ways of doing things that are just our strange little habits, you know? What difference does it make? But when somebody inside my house spoke sarcastically about the basic principles of my life, there's no margin for that. Even, even their friendship was not more important to me. And so that's, that's what we're looking for. But Swamiji could take himself so lightly about anything else. I remember once we were, we, this was when we were in the middle of 12 years of litigation, which was a long, hard cycle that we all had to go through, which I've talked about in other contexts. But we had had, we, we all lived in Northern California. We had to go down to Los Angeles. We'd been in Los Angeles for several days of depositions which are where you take the statement of the witnesses. It's just, it's a huge, hairy experience. All the, 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 the people who were suing us, their point of view was so depressing to us. It was just, it was an awful experience. So finally we get back to Sacramento and we get off the airplane and we go over to this restaurant. We're just going to have a little lunch. And we're all just pretty much zombies by this point. And it was about eight of us with Swamiji, maybe six with Swami. And we look over at him, and they had served us some kind of crusty French bread. And, and, and uh, there was just a white tablecloth, and the bread was just sitting directly on the table. And Swami, the, cr- the crumbs are on the table, and Swamiji is using his thumb like a tiddlywink, like his, using his thumbnail like a tiddlywink, and he's pushing down on the edge of a bread crumb, and it leaps a certain distance. So all of us became intrigued with this, and we all started, you know, make crumbling bread on our table, and we're pushing it like this and watching it, and then we start having a contest as to who can make the crumb jump the farthest. And David looks over at Swamiji. Here he is, you know, one of the last living disciples of Paramahansa Yogananda, the founder of a great spiritual movement, the author of dozens of books and all this music. She just looks at him watching, you know, pushing crumbs with his thumb, she says, the last sputters of a great mind. <laughs> she said, just like that. <laughs> and he just, I mean, that's exactly what it was. But it was completely ridiculous. And we all thought it was just hilariously funny. And for years afterwards, every time we got really stuck in the lawsuit, we would just say to ourselves, you know, perhaps this is the last sputtering of a great mind. And it, it just became our way of, why take ourselves seriously? no matter how serious the situation. So, if someone ridicules you, laugh with him if you can. But if his ridicule is mere buffoonery, quietly look away and say nothing. And if he mocks your principles, answer him as he deserves. Mockery comes easily to the ignorant. Has someone slighted you? Thank him. Has someone hurt your feelings? Thank him. Every blow to your ego can boost your soul awareness. 
On the other hand, if someone tries to destroy your work, protect it. But be thankful for the reminder that everything is maya, delusion. True fulfillment will be yours only when you've escaped Satan's clutches forever. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.